0: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30.
1: What's up? Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. Today we got a lot to do. We are going to be talking about Godzilla vs. Kong spoilers and who won the fight. We have Wrestlemania and TakeOver previews with some special guests coming to join us today in Karrion Cross and Scarlet. And we yeah, have to yeah, talk yeah. about the new Jupiter Legacy trailer. So I got a full crew helping me do all of this today. As you can see, my regular co hoster are here. I'm Kofi Outlaw. Matthew Aguilar is here. What up? Janelle Wheeler is here. Hey, everybody. Connor Casey, one of our wrestling experts, is back from an undisclosed bunker location,
2: from parts unknown. Kofi,
1: and because I am a petty, petty man in some ways, I had to bring back an old friend of mine that is very specific to this Godzilla vs. Kong discussion. We have you guys know him in our geek space as I mockery, Mister Roger Barr is with us today. Oh there, how's it going? I'm fine. And as I said, I, I mean, I'm here because I'm a petty small man in some ways. And I had to bring you back. Um, years ago, Roger and I did a show called Movie Fights. And this was around the time. I mean, this was before I think our episode was themed about uh, Pacific Rim 2 and theories about what, how we would like to see that franchise continue. But uh, it came down to the uh, final round was you versus me and the discussion topic was who would win in a fight between Godzilla and King Kong. And uh, you and I went at it pretty, pretty hard. So now I had to kind of bring you back and we got to revisit this. Now that the movie is here and it's out and uh, all things have happened, we're going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, the fight, and uh, what all happened there. But um, first, let's knock out some uh, trailer talk. So the trailer for Jupiter's Legacy hit. As we were kind of coming into the studio today, this is the next project from, of course, Mark Millar, who you guys know from Kingsman and Kick-Ass and Wanted and, you know, all of these uh, famous or infamous comic book projects. So this one is Jupiter's Legacy, and it's about a – I'm not familiar with this property. I'm not the big Mark Millar reader. Uh, I'm sorry. if Do anybody that offends? How dare Uh, you? It offends (laughs) me. I know. I'm sorry. Please don't <laughs> Um, But uh, yeah, like I, I didn't. So I'm going into this cold and I'll say my thoughts for the end. Uh, let's hop over to uh, Matt, since you are a comic book expert. Jupiter's um, Legacy, what'd you think coming to Netflix? I have been,
3: uh, while, while Millar does have like the hot and cold thing sometimes, uh, I tend to like a lot more of his stuff than I dislike. So I was, especially with the Netflix stuff, I was hoping that I, I was really jazzed to see this trailer. I didn't know what to expect, but I was really jazzed. And then I saw the trailer and it's, it's a little rough, man, <laughs> it's, it's kinda, it's kinda rough. And you know me, I don't like just like piling on things, but like, it just doesn't, there's just something off about it. Like there's some interesting concepts uh, and I actually don't hate the costumes that they, I think those look fine, uh, mm-hmm. but I just, there's something There's something off about it, so I I don't know. Maybe this is like another – I know there was like some not-so-great reactions to the first Suicide Squad trailer, and then the second one came and people were more jazzed about it. So maybe that's the case here too, but it just looked like a – it looked like a CW show.
1: Um, I was sending you out here to die first, like as the first line of the infantry, before I put out my opinion. But okay, so I'm not alone. Yeah, yeah I didn't dig this either. Um, I, it felt like a fan, like a fan video, almost in a weird way. Like, like I've seen these on YouTube before sometimes, and I'm like, you know, uh, and I'm not as interested then. But uh, yeah, it it just felt. Like, it had bits and pieces of things from other shows that we were now more familiar with. And maybe it's just because the genre is exploding on TV right now, but uh, not nearly done as well as anything. And even yeah. though I like some of the actors in the cast, I didn't see anything that made me be like, oh, man, I can't wait to see him or her, like, you know, doing, doing this. But that's just me. Let's throw it over to uh, Janelle. How did you feel about this?
4: I... I feel like I missed something because I loved it.
1: <laughs> That's good.
4: We I, need contradiction. You know, yeah, yeah, don't opinion. let
1: us, don't let us yeah. alter influence your opinion. Go it, ahead.
4: It kind of is like a more superhero-y umbrella academy. I love the casting, like you said, Kofi. Um, I thought some of the visuals are really stunning, like the super punch with the bubble. There's there's a lot of really special moments, I think, but now you have me second guessing. It might be because I have I'm not familiar with the comic at all. Like I really I'm not even kind of familiar. Like I don't know anything about these characters. So for me watching the trailer was really exciting. I was like, "Oh my gosh, more content about superheroes. This is a fresh perspective. It's kind of family." Like I got the whole background story just from the trailer. So like, do you know what it took for us to get to this island? And and it's been this amount of time since. And now it's a family dynamic a little bit with the kids. And I don't know. I'm very excited about it. This kind of got me really pumped uh, to check out. And it releases the day before my birthday. And I was like, I'm going to binge this on my birthday.
1: You somehow <laughs> made that sound very dirty. I don't know how. Um, but Roger, I trust you know everything about all this stuff. So tell me, what did you think? And I know you're good about giving us straight shots here. So what did you think about Jupiter's Legacy trailer?
5: Um, I I will say, like, while I'm not, you know, uh, someone who's really read the the comics, uh, I am a fan of the artwork uh, in them. So um, the trailer did not honestly sell me on the series. Uh, I thought it looked fine. Uh, I I agree the costumes are good. I, I thought the effects were fine as well. But it just seems...
1: Kind of like a
5: generic story to me. It's like uh you know, the the kids uh uh um <laughs> they basically uh have, have a lot to live up to their parents' legacy, you know, these parents who were superheroes and now they have to live up to it. It's like it just feels like a tired storyline that we've we've kind of seen before. And uh I don't I just I'd rather watch another season of the boys. Uh, uh Versus, versus this so that's that's what it kind of came down to
1: preach me. connor you're one of our <laughs> biggest connor's one of our biggest fans of the boys so how, oh, i mean you pointed sure. when roger say that was that like Wait, are we competing are no, we no, putting no. these next
4: no. to each other because no. that's a whole different thing you're, you're, you're
1: here's not. here's the
2: thing the show <laughs> but, uh, fe- the show feels late to the party in that we're already kind of inundated with shows about hey what would happen if superheroes existed in the real world how would they interact in real life and normal social situations With the boys, the message is, hey, it'd be a disaster. We're kind of getting it with Invincible, too. So this feels like we're just retreading a lot of the same ground that's been done really well elsewhere already.
5: Yeah. And we we also have only but so much time in the day to watch shows and stuff. So True. I, I mean, in a way, they are competing with each other, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what what show do I want to spend my time? Totally
4: on? different Marcus. demographic, though. Can we at least say that? Like uh, the boys, is- to
1: some extent, for
5: sure. I mean, it's definitely the boys is a little more
1: mature. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but I don't know. That. I don't know if this bridges the gap yet. Like I don't see my parents sitting down and watching Jupiter's legacy as opposed to like skipping the boys or something like that. So I see where you're going with that, but I I don't know what's there. I think, yeah, I don't think, you know, there's a friend of mine who always said, you know, you're going to stand out if you're like really out front or really in the back, but in the middle is where you just kind of get lost. And it's (laughs) just like, yeah, this is what it kind of feels like, right? Like this is just kind of somewhere in the middle, and this could change. Like Matt said, he left the door open with more trailers. We could get more perspective and tone and uniqueness out of this. But um, I'm I'm kind of interested just from some of the ways I feel like this is constructed. Was this like was the bulk of this shot before COVID, or was this shot during COVID protocols? Mm-hmm. Like, like I think that's that's a weird effect we're having in a lot of shows and and. In the films we're going to start to see that were produced under in that period, because there is a little bit of a hollowness and like more of a spacious, you know, you know, the obvious protocols that they had to follow. So I'm kind of curious about that. I was also getting a
5: little bit of, uh, uh, Kurt Russell in sky high with, uh,
1: Josh. Sky high's name has Um, come up a lot.
5: Uh, I, I kind of got just that, uh, the visual of it, uh, but I don't think it's going to be quite that fun. It seemed like it was taking more of a serious tone, uh, you know, yeah i think yeah Yeah, and i think that might be
1: this might be like too serious for its own good but um all right i think we got a good round of opinions on that uh as we came in a new teaser for ghostbusters afterlife dropped and they're putting their best foot forward with uh paul rudd mr paul (laughs) rudd and um if you guys haven't seen it yet go on and check it out it's on comicbook.com Uh, Movies And basically the gist of it, it's about a minute long and it's Paul Rudd shopping in a grocery store and he's buying all kinds of not good healthy foods um, and doing his hilarious Paul Rudd thing where this bag of marshmallows starts to freak out and becomes this little pack of Stay Puft Marshmallow Men. And they get up to some pretty absurd stuff, like uh, out of that Seth. What was that Seth Rogen movie? I always
2: sausage seen? party. Sausage party. Yes. Yeah, they get up to some uh, kind of
1: sausage party hijinks. Oh, don't of make that comparison. That movie is trash. I mean, it, <laughs> that, <makes sense. laughs> that, okay, but that scene feels a lot like sausage party. Oh, man. Marshmallow man roasting each other and burning each other with butane torches and stuff to make s'mores. But um, it, I thought I was really hard because Ghostbusters Afterlife split this split this show pretty hard about a down the middle, I think. And I think this was more my flavor uh, than the first trailer was, which was kind of just like a nostalgia bake. This kind of did the nostalgia by reminding me, like if you go back and watch the first Ghostbusters in the earliest scenes, it is very much like a haunting spooky movie where people experiencing the paranormal in, in ways that are funny and spooky at the same time. And I feel like this kind of gave me that vibe again. And so I was with it. So, you know, I kind of enjoyed this one. Uh, Roger, you look like you had a strong opinion about this.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really liked it a lot. Uh, for starters, uh, I think part of what you're getting the old ghostbusters vibe from is it actually was using the original score, uh, from it in, in that ah. teaser, which, which was very nice to hear. Um, so a nice little homage to it, but, um, I loved all the mini Stay Puffs, and I would, I would more compare them to uh, the antics of gremlins, honestly. Uh, that's really what I was getting from them. Just the, just the chaos and just having fun. And I mean, they they were loving it. I, I mean, you see one of them like literally wrap himself in chocolate to make a s'more as like a blanket. Like, I, I love that. And if you look closely while they're roasting on the grill, one of them does the Terminator thumbs up as it's melting down into it. I've watched it like 10 times already. So like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with all the little details uh, in there. So uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm all on board for it for sure. Can't wait to see more mini State puffs. And I've already seen people's you know saying uh, out with baby yoda in with uh baby State Puffs.
1: So oh man, the, the industry whoa, is whoa, harsh. Whoa whoa is harsh that in. <laughs> the, industry, the industry is unforgiving. Matt, what'd you think? I look, I'm I'm gonna be very apparent, like very
3: clear here. I also love snow gees and I love like baby yoda yes. and I love ridiculous I love Porgs. All right, like I like. Cutesy weird animal things. (laughs) That's why that's why I like. Okay. It's weird when I say it out loud like that. But whatever. That's what I like. So as as this was a done deal. Like I was gonna I was gonna like this. And I agree with you know with what Roger said. Like it's the fun, the the very meta-ish, you know, stuff. Like we're very we know what we're doing. We're gonna have some fun with it. Let's not take it too seriously. That's there's a vibe. Now I also I when you brought up the split thing, I liked the first trailer. I remember I was jazzed about afterlife after that. I I'm, I think both can, you know, you can have a world that sustains both of these flavors of both of these. And I hope they combine and I, I'm, I'm excited.
1: So I dug it. Janelle Connor, you guys have any closing thoughts for this?
4: Big fan, super cute. Love nostalgia. Uh, and it just looks awesome. Really, really great teaser. Good job.
2: Paul Rudd, good Kansas city boy. Impossible for him to age. I love it. <laughs>
1: That's true, right. man. That dude is we love like Jennifer Lopez. nostalgia. We love <laughs> we love vampire people. Awesome. His skin is made of tape off
5: marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: That's right. So All right, let's get to our main kind of big discussion topic here. Godzilla versus Kong. Um, we tried to talk our way around this, which was absurd last time before you guys had all seen the movie, and we were all like, eh, eh, in your window, blip and getting mad about stuff we couldn't say. I finished now, it. Now we can go off. Matt has finished it in, in all its scenes instead of just skipping through fights. But, I mean, ironically, we are just going to really talk about the fights here. So, um, at the end of Godzilla versus Kong, as we kind of predicted and said, this was going to cause a lot of debate by the way they kind of laid out this fight um and we're gonna talk full spoilers rich if we need to alert people we're gonna talk full spoilers about godzilla versus kong uh we're still getting yelled at on the site about people saying we're spoiling it too early like it's a week later i don't know it's on hbo max i don't know how much easier we can make this for people um but we're gonna talk full spoilers of the godzilla versus kong so there we go there's our alert alert. thank you richard um (laughs) yeah so of course they stage it and this is true story like full facts we came down to the wire today of having godzilla vs kong director adam wingard join us to kind of get in on this and my first question to him was going to be you know getting into the dynamics of who got to determine this fight and was it the actual writers and creators what were the studio notes and like what were the inputs about how the parameters of how this had to go because godzilla versus kong battle in three rounds and it's even alexander um Skarsgård's character who commentates you know like round one goes to this person round two you know it's pretty it's pretty on the nose so um godzilla wins the first one and at sea kong beats godzilla for like a split second in the second round godzilla comes back in the third round and kind of pins kong down and kind of makes him submit in the way that only uh bestial animals and wrestlers can uh so that was that now here's the caveat that has a lot of people kind of up in arms yes godzilla won i'm not gonna sit here and be like a godzilla winner denialist i'm not going down that rabbit hole but there are just some weird things people just felt like this was a Kong movie really like and Godzilla was just kind of like force of nature person in it. And it was just kind of a weird choice to have Kong kind of lose this battle in this weird gray area. And I personally had some things because this is why I brought Roger on. So me and Roger's argument boiled down to <laughs> of insane movie logic boiled down to him. Just pointing out Godzilla is an atomic powered killing machine with like unbreakable skin, basically um, all very salient and good observations. And me arguing that, that the evolution of mammals and, and the growth of the opposable thumbs. thumbs. That <laughs> was your argument. For, yeah, for but, it, but I wasn't wrong because the opposable thumb allows you to use tools, which gave Kong the advantage to use that huge axe. Like, obviously, the filmmakers were also thinking like me. Um, mm-hmm. And my thing was, I thought, and I've rewatched this twice, and I think it's just weird that Kong is like this expert combatant in every other part of this movie except getting a hit on Godzilla with this axe, which he does once. In the leg which does hurt godzilla um but mysteriously he can't pull off hitting godzilla with his axe even when he hits him in the face somehow uh versus the atomic blast it doesn't hurt godzilla fine i feel like there were studio notes that were like yes we're gonna have this fight but don't you ruin godzilla like that's our franchise like you know put some respect on his name so i I think godzilla won with an asterisk but i still think that given (laughs) the intelligence and that opposable thumb that in the end, the apes return victorious. I guess it's only oh. fair I give it to you, Roger, for a rebuttal to my nonsense. Go for it, you can go off. Okay,
5: all right, all right. Well, first off, I do agree, this was a very Kong-centric uh, film. And I honestly thought because of that, it, it might end up with them handing the victory to Kong. Um, so I'm um, I'm a fan of both monsters. I like Godzilla more for sure, but uh, I love both of them. Um, Kong, uh, it, first off, their their first battle was at sea, you know, so Godzilla definitely had the advantage, you know, that's like his home turf and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the only reason uh, Kong even survived is because the humans kind of saved him and they, they, for some reason, turning off an aircraft carrier makes Godzilla think everything is dead. Uh, I didn't know that's how it works, but uh, apparently it is. Um, then, the wizards weren't they,
1: smart, Roger. They weren't smart. Yeah. That's why, guess, that's why, that's why fell they fell, fell off. off.
5: Yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, they, they, they. For some reason, we we have a journey to the center of the earth, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, we have Kong retrieve his axe. Um, I thought this was kind of a mistake. Honestly, like um, first off, you know if if you're going to have the two of them battle, Kong shouldn't need a weapon. It should just be mano a mano, nothing else involved. Um, what I really would have liked to see, you know, talking about those opposable thumbs, I wanted to see uh, Kong actually rip one of those dorsal plates off of Godzilla and construct an ax with it. That would have been bad. Oh, that I mean. would have
1: been dope. That
5: would have been <laughs> so cool to see in the film. <laughs>
6: yeah. and
5: That's what I thought gonna was going
4: to happen with the previews. I
1: mean, you ain't never, I mean, yeah. you're not lying yeah. about that.
5: Right. So that, I think that would have been an excellent use. Um, yeah. Uh, round two, he, he knocked him down for a bit, but and they just quickly cut away to more stuff. Um, we're not even, we also have to remember that Mecha Godzilla is in this. And I honestly, I was not a fan of how Godzilla looked. He looked like a little too thin and skeletal. It was just a weird, like Michael Bay. Michael Bay's, Michael Bay's yeah, Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That is exactly what I, I got out of it. So, um, but uh then you know the final round between uh Kong and uh Godzilla, I mean it was it was very obvious, you know. They they'd say from the beginning there would be a definitive winner in this and all that. And uh again, um the humans saved Kong and uh you know gave him a jump start so Kong could team up with Godzilla to defeat Mechagodzilla. You know, Godzilla powers supercharges his uh his axe, and uh that's when the axe really came into play um, yeah. more more than uh, against Godzilla himself. So uh um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy Godzilla won, because, you know, I always said, you know, uh, you know, looking at like their their original characters, Kong was a, a creature who climbed buildings, Godzilla was a creature who stepped on them. So, but this is a completely different universe. And they're both equal size in this one. And I totally accept that. That's great. Mm. and it's It's fun seeing them fight. But Considering all the other massive monsters Godzilla's defeated, like Kong doesn't even really rank that I, high to me. I will admit
1: uh, so. that. That was a little that was a little underwhelming in the scorecard, because if you see the beginning opening credits, it's a scorecard of like who they beat in almost like, you know, final four tournament style when it comes to the two of them matching up. And uh yeah, I mean Godzilla racked up more bodies, more impressive bodies on his scorecard. I mean, I can't argue that um yeah and yeah the whole thing it just felt like a studio group got in to see how they can make everybody feel a little bit good coming out of this because you can see in the comments right now people are like whoa khan beat mecca godzilla kong did it like and other people are like nope godzilla clearly did it so if everybody you get a win and you get a well, win. Kong right. has so- the more
5: human touch to him too you know uh, he he's that's kind of always like his you know godzilla is just more like this this mysterious sea creature who comes, you know, to save us, uh, but doesn't really, you know, necessarily, you know, uh, he's just more than like there to assert his dominance. Kong actually has more of a tragic backstory and everything. And it's like, always humans kind of messing with his life though, which is uh, kind of the sad truth about Kong. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always fun to see, you know, Titans like that battling on screen. And I, I wish there was more of it in the movie, honestly. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I like, you know, some of the, you know, casting choices on this. I, I love seeing uh, Brian Tyree Henry in it, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Atlanta. And so just seeing Paperboy go you know, completely opposite on this show was uh, in this film uh, was, was pretty fun. But still, I mean, we're that the human stories are always just, you know, just like, you know, a, a little tool to get us to the next battle between the monsters. and. I still would have loved more screen time for uh, Godzilla for sure in this one. Because yeah, it needs
1: very, to be a rematch. Very, very Kong I
5: I think there will be because it's it's been so.
1: Yeah, it's doing uh, well. See,
5: I don't, I don't know if it'll be a rematch. I think they'll team up against some bigger threat. Because uh, now that they they understand, Kong understands that Godzilla's you know, not the enemy. Mecha
3: Godzilla was just a baby. And so <laughs> he's going to be even <laughs> bigger in the next one. Ooh. <laughs> right. And they still have Ghidorah's skull to mecha uh, Ghidorah.
2: Know, <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> All right, we got to wrap it up. Uh, other comic book nation crew, you guys have any uh, parting thoughts you want to get off your chest about this fight? Technically,
2: Kong now holds the title for head kaiju because Mecha Godzilla took it from Godzilla, and Kong beat Mecha Godzilla. Wrestling <laughs> now he's rules, the champ. Wow.
1: Wrestling rules. Wow. Wrestling well, rules. Maybe. Okay, Matter or Janelle.
4: Well. I, I can't follow that. That was perfection. I had <laughs> props,
1: that's why. and
3: if I if I start down something, because something really annoyed me about like people debating who was the hero and villain of this. Godzilla is Bucky Barnes, all right, in Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yes, he was manipulated, but he was also wrong. So he's a villain. Kong's the hero. Get Wait, wait. why was he wrong? He, what oh, do you mean he's match. wrong? He was easily manipulated <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't like yeah. think. They have a whole Martha moment. Don't get me started on that. I was like, Save oh, hey, let me breathe heavy, and you I understand. Know, uh, I said I know. would get yeah. on this. I don't it's want to.
1: All right. We got to <laughs> shut this down. Before you take us down the rabbit hole, we got to go. We got special guests joining us today. I want to thank Roger for joining us uh, and helping me se- settle my pettiness. And, Thanks, Roger. And yeah. give him a victory lap here because, uh, I mean, he's a little man. All right. So thank yeah, you, was, Roger.
5: It was a blast. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, I'm, I'm actually hoping uh, now that we're, we've seen Stay Puft, we're going to see Godzilla and Kong versus Stay Puft. Uh, that's my opening.
6: Ah,
1: yeah, really. it's all possible in a WB universe. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are being joined by Carrie and Cross, Scarlet. We are going to talk wrestling, WWE, NXT, and we're going to get their thoughts on this Godzilla versus Kong fight as well. So stay tuned for that.
7: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com slash audio. Visit iXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: All right. We are back, Comic Book Nation. Matt, we have some special guests that you and Connor helped line up for us today. Why don't you take it from here and do the introductions?
3: Awesome. Well, uh, of course, we're going to continue our Godzilla versus Kong discussion a little bit. Uh, but this is also a huge week for wrestling fans because, of course, we have NXT TakeOver, Stand The Deliver, and WrestleMania 37 all in the same week, which is nuts. So who better to talk about it with than TikTok, NXT superstars Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Hey, Welcome to you? the show. What's up, guys? I, we need like a big, like, Covey's little clap is so... That was that was, was a good clap. And we need like a big... Like, we need audience noise. That's what we need for this show. <laughs> yes, thank yeah, you. There it is. It's fitting. It's awesome. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for joining the show. Appreciate it.
6: Thanks for having
3: us. So, uh, we just got into a big discussion about Godzilla versus Kong, but... Uh, you know, there's a there's some interesting uh, opinions here about who was the hero, who was the villain, who really won the fight. Uh, I know you got to see the movie, so what do you think about all that?
6: Well, to me, it seemed like Godzilla won the fight. It's, it's kind of hard to it, debate that. It seemed though. that way. It, I mean, it was, pretty, it was pretty cut and clear to me. <clears throat> uh, I feel like Kong had his two rounds, and he got knocked out both rounds. However, I mean, and I guess we're going to the spoilers, but... <laughs> um
4: full I spoilers. Without,
6: yeah, I mean without Kong in the film, um maybe the world would have ended.
0: So. <laughs> Thank I you. Was I was training so I didn't get to see the movie. Um, I was at the gym while he was watching it and he liked it so much, he's like we'll watch it again together but Godzilla's always been, always been my favorite, and he's a lizard, so
4: for sure he won. I don't even see it, but
5: I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> A lot go. of people Garland, agree with you on that. You're shattering my
1: whole theory. I just went on this whole thing about how mammals and thumbs and gives us the edge and all Kobe's that. not a fan of lizards. Ugh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I really don't. I'm really not. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're unfinished mistakes, but we eliminated them on the <laughs> evolutionary battle, and now we stand triumphant with our thumbs and all, but... You know, it's an opinion piece. Everybody, I got to respect the Godzilla. I mean, I've said I'm not going to be a Godzilla win denier. I I have to acknowledge who won the match. Release the Godzilla cut.
6: uh, I was actually, uh, Ron Strowman and I were talking about this when the trailer dropped. And I was like, man, I don't know if it'll be this movie, but at some point they have to put Mecha Godzilla in these films. Because we we grew up on that. I was part of that generation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was a little kid. And uh man when, when we saw it when I saw it I was like oh my god <laughs> that was like mind blowing to see how well that was done in the film
3: I was going to say I was going to ask what you thought of like the design and if like Godzilla got the who gets credit for taking down Mega Godzilla? is it Kong or Godzilla uh,
6: complete Kong in, 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 my, in my view I mean King Kong was the guy if he didn't go into Hollow Earth he didn't get the weapon all of that I mean you know, it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a tag team effort, but you know, I think Kong delivered the final blow.
1: Carrying Cross, Man of the People, said it better. <laughs> here you go,
3: you heard it. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, of course, we got to get to some uh, takeover, and uh, you know, one of the things here is that this is a match uh, between you and and Finn that people have been waiting for ever since you had to relinquish the title that you never lost, and so you know. I know that was one of those like bittersweet moments, right? Because yes, like there's, it's so cool to have won the title and hold that championship, but you had to step away because of an unfortunate injury. You know, does all kind of overcoming all those challenges and getting to this point again, does that make this win sweeter?
6: Yes, it does. Um, In a strange way, I feel like that whole entire thing uh, just happened yesterday when I when I won the championship for the first time. Uh, separated my shoulder you know when you're in the moment and you have all that adrenaline you have no idea how bad it looks so I was thinking I was like hmm I wonder if I can if I can fool everyone backstage that this didn't happen because obviously my immediate concern was they were going to pull the belt off me so at the end of the show I'm walking back up the aisle and Triple H is is meeting me halfway and the look on his face I was like Oh yeah, there's no way I could hide <laughs> this. There's some giant bone sticking out of my neck. Yeah. So... He tried to hide it by holding up the belt with that arm too. <laughs> bone popping out. When you when you go back, I was like you know, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna raise it with the arm that I hurt. I was like, let's see if I can do this. That was the heaviest belt, the heaviest thing I've ever actually lifted in my entire life. But yeah, with the shoulders separated, I did raise the title. And um our ref, uh, who got cued from production at the time, he was like, Hey, production says, don't do that again. Lift the belt with the other arm. So, you know, coming full circle, these are all the little things we never talk about, but hey, why not, you know? I mean, like, psychologically, I'm past it, um, but I mean, it, it's, you know, it's something that I'll be living with for a long time, and I'm looking forward to really putting it past me tomorrow night. Um, I have every single intention to become NXT champion once again. We have a very good game plan, and... Uh, we're pretty certain it's going to work.
0: He's mentally and physically stronger than ever. Like we were saying after that injury that he that old part of him, he's he's dead. He's gone. It's like a new, stronger, better carrying cross. So you guys are all going to get to see that tomorrow night? Absolutely. That's a shoot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked. And, uh, you know, what's better than one piece of championship gold? I feel like two is, is great. So, you know, Scarlett if to complete the set, so to speak, uh, is pursuing the NXT Women's Championship something you want to do? Is that something kind of uh, on your radar? I want
0: everything. Yeah. I want everything. I want to do everything in this company that I can possibly do. I love what I'm doing right now. Managing is actually my passion, but I love wrestling too. And I've been training this entire time I've been here. And uh, WWE is the very last wrestling company I ever want to wrestle for. And I want every single title. I want to work on every show. I, just, I want everything.
1: You heard the sacrifices. You're not even watching Godzilla vs. Kong. She's training. She's <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, you think it'd be the other way around, but no. <laughs>
3: Kofi, you want to jump
1: Yeah, I want to say, you know, one of the is I, I, funny enough, started kind of picking up on you guys, like, right before you signed WWE through social media. And it was because... It was something about the way you guys present that reminded me like this is like real comic book level super villain persona that I'm seeing here. And I was like, man, it's been a long time since I feel like I've seen that in wrestling. I was an 80s kid. I grew up when, you know, this was all one culture geek stuff, comic books, WWF. And I was like, I feel like some of that theatric has been missing from wrestling. And I was like, just wondering what made you guys decide to take the heel role and really just bring it up to that comic book super villain level that you guys do so well
6: well so when her and i were assessing what we were going to be dealing with in terms of other performers and the brand and and wwe itself to us wwe has always been about larger than life always and you know very much like your own assessment we were kind of like there seems to be some of that you know putting it politely that level of theatrics there it's it's not the way it was when we were growing up watching it and being in love with this. And we thought this would probably be the best way for us to contribute to the current product is to create something fresh and original with nods to the things that we liked growing up about it, um, and do our best, um, the most sincere energy to try to project something like that on the people's televisions. Um, we have taken inspirations from comics. Obviously you guys, being comic fans, you can see it in our work. That's that's not like uh, your mind playing tricks on you. That's that's your intuitive nature and your intelligence seeing that in, in the work. Um, I We've both been inspired by a lot of stuff. Me personally, um, uh, I would say Watchmen. There's a lot of Watchmen in my work with the Cold War and the Clocks and Doomsday. All of that's there. Um, there's a little bit of DC stuff. What about you? I mean, you have some, you have some I was
0: good. I was gonna say, it just feels so good to be bad. I mean, there's there's a part of that that I would even say is, yeah, it's a lot of a character. But I mean, we're we're actually like we're larger than life every day. Um, I was a theater major, and I don't know, it's it's definitely a part of who we are, and we get to I don't know, get all your aggression out in in, in a real life setting, and not and you get to get away with it. It's amazing. So I don't, I wouldn't, I love being a heel. It's really awesome.
1: It's perfect balance. You guys are supremely evil, but you love and tender with goats. And I was like, man, who doesn't love this kind of stuff? Like, it's awesome. a great. Yeah, it's great stuff. It's great balance, man. Bring that's the a, evil back that's tagline
3: to this episode, by the way. Goats are awesome. <laughs> it goes under all the tweets, um, you know, kind of piggybacking on on that. You know, you guys, because you guys kind of it feels like you came in with this vision already in your heads. You know, how open was NXT to all that? kind of creatively were they kind of down from the beginning
6: really open I the both of us kind of like made a pact with each other when we were going to be you know before we come into to WWE we were like let's just be as transparent as possible with our creative ideas and efforts and let's just see where we land I think a lot of people in our industry have a lot of uh strange preconceived notions that, that their ideas might get squashed or might not be taken seriously or it might you know people might not be interested to hear about them we didn't approach our experience with a company like that at all, and it's been amazing. <laughs> like, and some
0: wh- people aren't as good. I've noticed at uh, explaining what they even want to do, and I think maybe that's why I mean, we, we were very. We knew what we wanted right away. Uh, we knew we wanted to uh, evolve. You know who we were before, and just be like the bigger, better version. And they, I don't know, they understood completely. And I feel like it's the best it's ever been. And we're having the most fun we've ever had. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, that's awesome. Hey,
2: car- hey guys, uh, carry on. Uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Randy Orton called you out on Twitter and just said, hurry your ass up to raw and let's make some money. Um, a guy like that who has been around for that long, what was your reaction to seeing someone that high up directly call you out and say, Hey, we need to do business together.
6: Uh, I was really flattered. I was really flattered. He doesn't have to acknowledge anybody. Um, the guy is, uh, is one of the greatest of all time, third generation. Everybody knows his story. Um, I guess he saw something that night and, and decided to put it on blast. so uh, I can't wait to order them. Um, when the time is right, I'll be up there.
2: I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. And the other one, uh, before WWE, you were in blood I saw you at a blood sport event, and you kind of went viral a little bit by just calling out Dave Batista saying, "Get in here, let's fight." Um, we never actually saw anything come from it, but did he ever reach out to you? Did he ever like say be like, "Hey, what's up?
5: No.
0: Yeah, I was yeah. just
6: in the moment and yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even tell Josh about it. Actually. I was just like, I don't know, man. I was, I was there yeah. and I wanted it to be real. That show, uh, when we were there uh, is, is as real as it gets. And, um, I was just thinking to myself actually right before the curtain, it just kind of popped up in my head and I was like, well, he's legit. He has a legitimate background. He'd be awesome here. You know, and I felt like a lot of people felt like um, Dave Batista still had, you know, more in him. Um, you know, than when, you know, at the time when he retired, a lot of people were kind of bummed that he was retiring. More people wanted to see him. I certainly want to see more of him. And I thought, you know what, like, maybe sometimes people just need an invite to come into some place <laughs> rather than to just knock on the door. He would be awesome at one sport. He can do all of that stuff. He had an MMA fight. He's been training, uh, I believe, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu for a long time. He has stand-up. And um, I just had finished competing against John Moxley. That went very well. I kind of did the same thing to Moxley. No, you did
0: exactly the same thing. Yeah.
6: yeah. Um, <laughs> Moxley and I had some symbolism that was very similar. Um, so I was like, well, he's a free agent. I'm a free agent.
0: You've always asked for what you wanted. a yeah. very, very direct person. Just be a man. Be a man. Be a man.
3: Well, it's funny because, um, you know, when we, I I know. Karen wants to play cyber in a superhero film in the MCU at some point in time. Which, by the way, if that does not happen, it is blasphemy. Just like Kong losing the Godzilla, the crime gun. Go <laughs> it is a crime against humanity. It is. Uh, so, you know, kind of going from there. Scarlet, is there someone that you would want to play uh, in the Marvel DC universes, or someone that pops in your mind?
0: Oh man. You oh, I, I've mentioned too many. That's the problem. That's I, I, I see so many. Which one? Which one do you think would be perfect for me? Because there's a lot of them. That's the thing. Like I, a lot of ones I like.
6: So for Marvel Universe, I think she would be. We're talking Marvel, right? Get yeah,
3: Marvel or DC, but yeah,
6: Marvel works too. Okay, for Marvel, I would love to see her play the White Queen.
0: We've talked about this so many times.
6: Yeah, White Queen would be awesome. Um, I get
0: Black Canary a lot. That's wow. Well, that yeah. I get a lot, but. Yep. You, you've been telling me
6: that I yep. yeah. if you want to do some really crazy work, maybe Shiva would be really cool to play. We—I don't think Shiva's been in the film
1: yet. No. Uh, Funny no. enough, not to interrupt, but as soon as you said White Queen, somebody in the comments dropped in Emma Frost. Yeah, almost at the exact <laughs> same time. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> so not the only ones. No, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, Emma
3: Frost is one of my favorite characters, so that would yeah, that would be amazing. And Black Canary is great. I don't think Shiva has been. Done in the movies, correct? Cov? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's happened yet, though. There's been like, you know, I feel like there's like 90 timelines in the DC movies, so I don't even. It's hard to keep track <laughs> <laughs> to these days. Kobe uh, did you want to jump in?
1: Um, I mean, I would just ask if you had to land in a DC movie universe right now with all this being debated, would you go Snyderverse or whatever comes after Snyderverse? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask.
6: Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I really enjoy both. I'm not trying to cop out of the question. I enjoy both. I watched the Snyder cut. I watched the original one. I, I'd be happy to do either or, but maybe because Snyder has some really good momentum, it might be a good idea to, <laughs> you know, jump into that. He's I mean, what he did with that with that cut was absolutely awesome. It just uh, it felt different, had a different mood. It's darker. Obviously, as you know, her and I as performers, we kind of drift into that. We think that we can pull it off. Um, in a way where people will enjoy it, so I guess I'd have to say something.
3: Oh, you just made Kofi the happiest person on the planet. <laughs> Janelle, do you want to hop in?
6: Uh, oh
4: gosh, I was just thinking black cat for Scarlett. Yep, I just like I I, uh, I would just love to see Scarlett. I think I have a girl crush on you. You're just so amazing, and like <laughs> thank you so I just much. really want to thank say, say thank you. you know? Just thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us because you guys are awesome. I'm like. I, I'm new to the wrestling world and I get really, um, I kind of geek out and fan out with you guys like <laughs> more than with, you know, directors and comic book artists. And I just, I respect what you guys do so much. And I just think the world of you. I think a good question for me because I do have a lot of like Twitch friends on the platform. Do you guys stream at all? And do you want to plug any of the streaming that you do?
6: I don't know. I don't either. Um, Contrary to what people would believe, we're like, when we're not at work, we just like completely shut down and are very grounded and very real world. We're, we like being outdoors and stuff like that. Like we save all of our energy for what you see on NXT. Uh, all of our energy very much goes in that direction, unless there's like some sort of side passion project or something like that. Um, we love art and nature. So, I mean, uh, that's where a lot of our time kind of goes when we're, when we're not on television.
4: Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love art and
6: nature as well. Chanel, <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome.
3: Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, of course, uh, I know you guys got to run soon, but uh, we have to get to, of course, uh, TakeOver. So, of course, uh, it is happening tonight. Can't believe it's here already. It kicks off tonight uh, on USA Network. And then, of course, uh, it will also be simulcast on Peacock. And then Night 2 hits exclusively on Peacock tomorrow night. And so, of course, you are taking on Finn Balor. But Looking at the both nights, both cards. Aside from your match, because I feel like, of course, duh, that's the focus. <laughs> That's your focus. Uh, what is the match you feel like you're looking forward to, just watching the most?
6: For Takeover, I mean. For Takeover, man, there's a lot of good ones. I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with uh, Kyle O'Reilly yeah. and Adam Cole. That's a, a very intense situation. Uh, I'm a sucker for no rules so mm-hmm. as soon as you tell me that i'm immediately sold i want to see exactly what's going to happen when the referee you know has to take a step back and just let things play out that's total chaos um yeah that's, that's everything incredible.
0: everything he just said like I, I just like chaos and violence so <laughs> uh, we're sold.
3: uh that's awesome uh and then of course uh we would be remiss to not mention wrestlemania 37 which happens the two nights after Smackdown. Man, this is a crazy week. So that yeah. happens then. Uh, is there one on either of those two nights that has your interest the most?
0: Rhea Ripley. woo, Great. Rhea Ripley. That's what I'm rooting for.
6: Absolutely. Rhea and then um, Rady Orton Bray Wyatt. like to see how that plays out. That's going to be intense. And definitely Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley.
3: Uh, riffing on that real quick because you guys also have Uh, experience in the fireballs and some of the supernatural stuff. And you've been seeing what they've been doing uh, with Alexa bliss and, and fiend and the burned crisp person that he, (laughs) that he is now, Uh, you know, is that something like, I mean, good Lord, would you ever be open to some kind of cinematic match with all of you guys in the ring? I feel like that would be epic.
0: Book it now. (laughs) Book it right now. (laughs) Let's do it.
6: Nice. Yes. Every single time we see things go extra supernatural with them, we just
1: look at each other and we're like, excellent. <laughs> Chaos check. Violence
3: check. Let's go. Uh Connor, do you want to jump in with anything? Uh no,
2: I'm good, man. I just can't wait to see what you guys what you guys pull out. Um, carry on. Do we uh Finn has ever since he started the second run, his matches have gotten more violent. Uh I don't think he's gotten out of one without bleeding. Um, for the fans at home, how violent do you expect this match to get?
6: I mean, there's a chance I could pull his head off of his neck.
2: <laughs>
6: well, that'll it's, do it. it's gonna be violent. All kidding yeah. aside It it is gonna be violent. I I've said it before, I'll say it again. I am gonna cut the ring off. I'm gonna put him in a corner. I already know what he's gonna do. He's told everyone he's gonna try to run the clock, he's gonna try to get me tired, he's gonna try to get me emotional. I slip in a banana peel. I'm gonna tell you something. None of that's gonna happen, okay? That's that is a that is a fairy tale comic book narrative okay Uh, what's going to happen is real life he's going to get blasted every single time i touch him he's going to see a white flash this is going to be a nightmare and it's never going to end until i say it ends i'm taking back that title
3: fantastic man if i could like Man, if I could end the podcast right here, we're not going to. But, man, that is like a perfect – That's, that's,
1: perfect the, that's the send-off.
3: Right? Yeah, that just like ends it. Uh, well, I thank you guys so much for jumping on to the show. Of course, if you want to see that match, you can check it out during night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which will be exclusively available on Peacock and then WWE Network internationally everywhere else. Thank you guys so much for joining the show. And
1: I uh, cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what happens. Yeah, the evil to come. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you. All right, that was Karrion Cross and Scarlet. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, really love this guys. Their their whole act is really great and kind of even pulled me into wrestling again. Uh, for all the work that Connor and Matt did not do. I'm just messing with you guys. All <laughs> right, Matt, you're still on. You're still in the driver's seat, Matt, because uh, now we got to move over to comics this week and get into uh, what we were reading. Boo, yeah. So uh,
3: I feel like uh, it would be remiss to not start with King and Black. Uh, so the big finale is finally here. We've been digging King and Black here for for a minute on this show. If you've been following along, and uh, this was nuts. This was nuts in like the uh, to me, anyway, uh, the best way. Uh, of course, we are getting into spoilers, so if even if you don't see the spoiler tag, spoilers from here on out. So, if you haven't read it yet, don't don't spoil it for yourself because I feel like it's it's actually worth it.
1: Um, yeah, you definitely got to read this one. Yeah.
3: So, give you a moment. Okay. So, moving into this, of course, we left off with Silver Surfer and Null kind of facing down each other, and then from here, this this is very much like all of the best parts to me of this event. In one issue, you get you get the heart with Eddie Brock and and Dylan and some of that stuff, and then you just get all out action, gorgeous action, uh with you know symbiotes flying everywhere and crazy combinations of weapons that I did not see coming because I thought that was like I felt like almost straight out of like a Masters of the Universe. (laughs)
1: You couldn't you could not read this one on Comicsology with that cinematic view. You had to you had to keep it open full page. So
3: good, so yeah, I mean, I I dug it. I thought it, it. brought things to a satisfying close and left the door open for what these events are supposed to do is kind of introduce a hook for the next phase of that character. That is compelling. And I thought here making him the new King in black was, I think it was a natural next step. And, uh, the whole thing with Dylan, I thought was really good. So that was me. I know Janelle loves the series. So I'm, I'm very interested to hear what she thinks.
4: I do. Um, so I've actually been going in and reading all of the other books as well. I thought you'd be really proud of me. I'm that. So proud. The only one I have yet to completely read is, is it Namor? I hope I'm saying that correctly mm-hmm. is his, his, am I saying that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was such a great conclusion for me. Um, I would have liked to obviously see a couple more characters um, involved in the takedown at the very end, like because I read so many of these sub stories and these other things. So I would have liked to have seen like them included in the last book. Um, but beyond that, I just think it was really well done. The entire series was just really, really beautiful Super interesting. I would love to see Noel in a film. I would love it. Uh, I would love to see all like the Avengers and and just everyone come together and take down Noel. I'm a big fan of this villain and and, like the hive mind. It's so interesting to me. Uh, So yeah, I'm very excited to see. Are they going to showcase venom as now the new king and black like is there going to be a series has it been confirmed
1: or yeah i mean venom is still going yeah, yeah his or ongoing his series is a, so, is an so that that's
4: looks- gonna be sick like it's gonna be awesome to see like him keep going and where he goes from here and hopefully like you know we'll see a lot of dylan and i just i really couldn't hope for more they did a great job and i really enjoyed the entire thing yeah
3: that's awesome! And yeah. by the way, Sony read this series and was like, "Oh, money! That's all they. That's all they saw. Like in five years or whatever, they get all that carnage, all that stuff happens. Like how this doesn't get turned into a movie, I'll be surprised. Oh I don't. Gosh. I don't understand how it doesn't. So yeah, Kofi, what'd you think?
1: Um, I had a, just a slightly opposite. I liked it like Janelle, but I liked it for the opposing reason. I thought it was. I liked it a lot better that we kind of scaled things down to make Eddie Brock and Dylan and Null the kind of center of this finale, because at the end of the day, this was supposed to be a Venom story and his kind of big, I mean, this is Venom's biggest event moment in the Marvel universe to date. Um, Yeah. So I was happy that they managed to do it. And, And I was happy because we had said, this is like the one Marvel event of the last year that feels like it's an actual big scale event. And they really, they really stuck the landing on that front, because, like I said, if you're reading this on comicsology or something like that, like this isn't one where you can zoom into each panel because you had to really get the full scope and like it's just splash page after splash, page after splash page of you know, everything you could see. I mean, there's a like anything you could want in a finale of a Marvel Fight. It's one of the best I think I've read. I mean, there's a symbiote like celestial. Uh, yeah, you said oh, uh, right, Thor's yeah. hammer, Thor's hammer, yeah, there's so much part. you forget about that. Yeah, yeah, wow, Thor's weird. hammer and the Silver Surfer's board get forged into a new weapon together. Noel gets thrown into the sun like that, you know, like some some Superman stuff. Like, it, it's, and, and then you get this kind of twist at the end where they made you think, like, Venom would be, like, this weird god of light or whatever that was thing, and it's like, nope, it's the opposite thing. Now you're the king in black. Like, it's, the, it's basically the ending of Juice, right? You got the juice now. <laughs> like, um, uh, what so a, what a comparison yeah right um i'm eddie brock Supac. anyway oh so sticking on task here so yeah i mean and it's exciting because now venom doesn't have to just command his symbiote other he's got a whole race and army to command and lead and what does somebody with the quest and it, it's a chance to take eddie brock to his original kind of intrigue which is this skewed spider-man right like yeah. he wants to be spider-man but he's so morally kind of compromised that he always gets it wrong and so how does that look when he has an entire symbiote army at his disposal You're like he's gonna maybe try to help the world but is that gonna go well like you know yeah so and it also puts a very great big target on his back but now we know we like king and black can be a you know passable title as as such if somebody kills you (laughs) so you know (laughs) Um, new states um yeah everybody's gunning you know it's game of thrones style like everybody's gonna be gunning for the guy on the uh, symbiote throne so yeah interesting stuff and uh, i'm happy that marvel nailed the landing and made like you know one of the better event series that i've read in the last year for sure connor what do you think did you have a chance to read it
2: Man, I have been so inundated in WrestleMania coverage that I am woefully you. behind on comics. Sorry.
3: Can I, no, cannot blame you. But if you are going to catch up on something,
2: this would be a series, too. So should I start on. from number one of Donnie Cates' Venom Run, or should I start with this event proper? Like, what's um, the real
3: starting point here? It is great context for things, but in no way is needed. They do no. a very good job of breaking down.
1: Yeah, I would start. Uh, absolute. What was it called? Absolute Carnage. Carnage. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. You you really just got to start there, but I think I would read the Kate's Run because it it has like I mean this is pays off if you read it all. It, it does have the characterization and the depth and the uh, and the kind of oh, sure. build up that makes this a much better read. Like uh, this but,
3: was even it was even awesome that they addressed that whole issue of falling here. Where there's that one sequence where he's like, yeah, and you'll fall, and he falls way down. And he does the exact same thing that we we even mocked. For happening in that other issue, it was like literally he falls the entire issue. What the heck? And they even like have a fun jab at that once year, which I just thought was cool. So, yeah, it is definitely rewarding. And Absolute Carnage was also, I think, our favorite Marvel event of that year.
7: Yeah, and that it was rolled so out.
3: good. Yeah, so they're both excellent. Um, but I do think it does a, a good enough job in that opening, like two page spread of that first issue to, if you don't have the time or don't want to dive in, you can, you can get enough to understand it. Um, okay, okay. So Kate's has done a really good job. though. So uh, going to the polar opposite of, of King and Black, uh, everyone knows here I'm a Green Lantern mark. Uh, I love a Green Lantern and uh, Green Lantern post future state finally launched um, with uh, Jeffrey Thorne and Dexter Soy uh, at the helm. Um, I this issue could not feel more different than the because the future state stories were very much like had three different stories all seeing the different lanterns without their powers and stuff like that but i thought it was really fresh at the time and i thought it was interesting so here things kind of sort of go back to the status quo but i love uh kelly who is teen lantern is the kind of injection of chaos into this mix uh which i love because the main lantern uh thank the lord is not hal jordan because everyone knows how i feel about Hal jordan he is not the best lantern to me uh he, he, and i he, don't find him interesting at all sometimes he
2: commits like one atrocity and you've never let him go for it
3: no i didn't like him before the atrocity made him interesting <laughs> and then they Fair. retconned it and then they were like oh hey we've we've made him blameless now they tried to godzilla him uh. and like make him the good guy no no he still sucks he's not interesting anyway that, I know I'm going to get hate for that, but whatever. So Jon Stewart is at the helm of this series, which I love. And, and Thorne is a big Jon Stewart fan and very much wanted to put him back into that position of spotlight. So we get that here. It's very much a new status quo though, because these Guardians and the Lanterns aren't in the spot of like, hey, we're going to police this and that's just what we do. It's kind of them being allowed into a wider universal organization. Uh, they're not really used to that. They're really just used to doing whatever they want so that's interesting and then the stewart kelly stuff of you know she has a gauntlet that has not been approved they didn't give her this uh she has this there's this mystery behind that (laughs) they try to take it from her and that fails miserably so there's some cool ideas here and i thought i dug it like i was like this is good i want to see where it goes from here um and hopefully we get some of the other lanterns in the mix but i'm curious kofi what'd you think
1: I'm real simple. I think Green Lantern's been a lot of trash ever since Blackest Night wrapped up. So that's just me. Um, yeah, it, the Green Lantern always goes through these ebbs and flows. Through me, I loved Green Lantern Rebirth, and then the whole Sinestro Corps war, and then the lead up to Blackest so cool. Night. But um, ever since we got through the Roy G. Biv spectrum and got all these <laughs> different lanterns established, I, I feel like the, the it, it hasn't really. I don't think the series has grasped on a really good central idea anymore. Um, they've just been kind of ping-ponging through different things. They're like, okay, we can't think of a story. Let's get a new interesting lantern in here. And they've done some new interesting lanterns and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm still not feeling it. And this one felt... This this felt more like Star Trek by way of Green Lantern. Like, you know, the whole conclave of planets and yeah. the way it's presented in this mysterious young teen lantern. And yeah, I, I mean... It, I don't, what Jeff Johns did to his credit was ground the silliness of Green Lantern in something that was a good metaphor for emotions and, you know, the different roles they play and how important they are and how they can kind of go really bad into something like Blackest Night and come out with something like the White Lantern and all that stuff. Um, but now I guess it's just kind of like, comic booky sci-fi stuff and it didn't really grab me. Teen Lantern doesn't really grab me. I'd rather have Jaro than Teen Lantern, you know. Okay, number one,
3: I will take Jaro any damn day of the week because Jaro rules. <laughs> He's awesome. So that is a compliment to me. But I, I agree. I mean I agree in service but I'm I'm a little flipped with you actually because I once blackest night got about halfway through it started to lose steam for me because it was like okay quit creating colors, create <laughs> creating. I don't need another core. I don't need another. I need to focus on some of the core concepts. And I thought green lanterns, which was a series that ran for a little bit, which was Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz essentially became law and order green Lantern, which is really what they are. I mean, they're the police force for the universe, uh, universe, 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 universe. So, you know, it's kind of like, I like some of the things we're leaning into here. Like I said, it wasn't like a complete knockout of the park for me. Cause I'm, interested to see where they go from here. It needs to move further. Like this can't be where we stay to me for the series to maintain. But Janelle, what do you think? Cause you're, I don't know. Do you like Green Lantern? Are you, are Wash. you a fan of that?
4: I yeah. tweeted something last night. I said, sometimes it's hard not to get frustrated with being a new comic book reader with certain storylines. Two of those are, I talk about this all the time, X-Men and I don't mean frustrated with the comics. I mean, frustrated with myself that I don't know all of the backstory and all of the lore and the culture, everything about it. And and the second is Green Lantern because from, you know, I'm someone who obviously I like sci-fi, I like space, I like magic, and it seemed to have all those elements that I really like, but I couldn't quite follow a lot of it because... There was just a lot of information in one book and it felt like you kind of needed to at least be somewhat familiar with, you know, what Green Lanterns are. Like I'm, you're, I'm literally coming from, I've seen the movie, (laughs) like I've seen (laughs) Green Lantern movie and even in that, I didn't quite understand everything about Green Lantern, but I feel like it's something I could super get into. I love Teen Lantern, like her character. She's got a little sassy attitude, and uh, and I just dig her. So I think that it's really just up to me, and you know, if anybody else is kind of just trying to jump into this you know, the Green Lantern series, it's up to us to really like get some deep digging, like to really be able to appreciate the story for what it is. Cause I was definitely a little like, I'm like, I'm going to take a break here and go make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, you know, it was hard for me to, to be super into it because yeah. I I didn't quite know the power and, and what it all led to. And I, I hate admitting that I hate admitting I'm newer to comic books and I'm frustrated that I don't know these things because I really want to be like a diehard awesome fan. And I feel like Green Lantern is one of the ones that I could I could really, really latch onto once I get to know it a little bit
3: more. Well, here's the thing. So, one, I like I love the like I want but like every hardcore long time or whatever, however you want to reference it, comic fan started right there. Right? Yeah. Like, it's not like we've all been there. Like, I know some people just like like to pretend that they've always been into comics. It's <laughs> the womb. It's like, it's not true. <laughs> Get off it. Uh, I lo- But like with a number one issue, especially its job is to hook you. It's, it's to right. hook the new reader as well as the longtime person that's been keeping up with it. So really, that's the fault of the book. Like that I mm-hmm. never take that as like, well, I'm just not knowledgeable enough or whatever. That's the book's job. You know, yeah. it's supposed to tell. Like every issue is someone's first issue, and and you understand when you're in the middle of a storyline. Yeah, maybe it's like coming in the middle of a TV show. Like, yeah, you probably need context, and you're not going to understand some things, but right. especially with the first issue that's supposed to grab not just longtime fans but new readers. That's its job. So, that's its problem. Not words. Okay, I mean? so
4: then it didn't hook me.
0: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I'm, not,
4: I'm not gonna go read that one unless, you know, you're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep reading Green Lantern. <laughs> <I will.
3: laughs> Understand. No, but yeah, I never want, like never yeah. feel that way because that's that's its job. There's they're supposed yeah. to do that. So yeah, uh, but that's awesome. But I but I love that and I love that even you like the concepts of it, and that's great. Okay, yeah. Um so yeah, so that is that is comics this week. If I was gonna recommend anything else, if you do wanna read another Green Lantern book, far sector is is so good and it's out and we're almost to the final thing and I might give that to Janelle to read like yeah. from beginning to end cuz that cool. one is totally worth it um but that is also out this week if you want to check
1: out but that's comments all right thank you Matt all right that does it for our show just before we get out here we have our quick mention section so uh this week I'm just going to quick mention that uh I watched the HBO Max docu series Q into the storm I think I've said Ooh. that before Uh, On here, like we're not going to get too crazy political about it. And it's not a political documentary. What it is is just basically a guy who was investigating the QAnon phenomenon when it first started, like back in 2018, and getting to the bottom of like the 4chan, 8chan, and how this all kind of sprung up. And of course, he got more than he bargained for by January 6th, being the kind of culminating chapter of it. So the whole series is out now on HBO Max, and it's very much worth a lot. Uh, worth a watch, I'm sorry. Um, to see because what it does is it exposes some of the people who were if they are not Q, and there is, I'll just spoil it, say there is no definitive gotcha like there this is Q. There's a lot of compelling kind of circumstantial evidence that points to certain conclusions. But um, and the documentarian does a good job of kind of showing you that and being objective about it. But what it does show you is that a lot of this kind of has that has blown up into what it is was propelled by some very just odd to questionable to downright like just creepy characters and and it's very sad and infuriating and just bewildering to see that these are the people who got a ball rolling that has resulted in and where we are now and I think it's worth a watch for everybody to just take that in to make sure you know as people are dealing with this or no matter what you believe just be informed about who these people were that helped propel this along because it's it's pretty pretty shaky stuff. So once you start looking into it, so I would recommend watching that. That's me. So kind of. You got anything you want to shout out?
4: I've been watching Jenny and Georgia, and it's hilarious and great and relevant and awesome on Netflix.
1: <laughs> oh, I got a shout out. Uh, Charlie originally got me watching Mythic Quest in Ted Lasso. I think he works for Apple TV Plus. Oh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso is <laughs> fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, so I've been holding yeah. out, but now I'm watching Mythic Quest from the from Ron McHale Henry, uh, from the guy who created It's Always Sunny and Ted Lasso, so I'm just doing a double binge on that.
2: I'll give a shout-out to uh, all the coverage we're doing for WrestleMania 37 this week. We've got a whole team working on it. I'm basically never leaving this booth from now <laughs> through next Wednesday, so keep an eye on it. We're Bravo. Doing, we're doing Thank you for
4: your work. <laughs> of course.
3: Definitely. Uh, for me, I would just say if we're watching, uh, I, I lost my mind last week because the Law and Order SVU Organized Crime crossover happened. And I've been waiting for that for so long. I've been waiting for Stabler to come home. And I was so happy. Organized Crime and both of those shows return. And we're going to get more of that throughout the season. So I think they did a really good job. Of course, if you actually have questions, uh, we'll be taking part in a press conference with some of the cast and uh, crew of that show so definitely send those to me on Twitter but uh, yeah uh, digging that and
1: uh, that's what I've been doing.
4: We forgot The Walking Dead also wow.
1: I'm but. not plugging that stop trying to plug The Walking <laughs> Dead up here. The
4: most recent episode is, is fabulous though. it
1: was the Lucille episode I haven't even yeah. been interested to watch it like yeah it's, we learned about Negan's good. wife great then we can go back to his it's trash good. world Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm pl- I'm plugging the new Kirkman, that Invincible. That's, that's Invincible's
4: what awesome too. Yeah. All
1: right. But uh, no, I'm just kidding with Janelle. Janelle's <laughs> a knocking dead girl. That's how she got into <laughs> it. Go check out that latest episode. It is a pivotal one for fans. All right. So now that we got everybody's agenda in, we want to thank Roger Barr for coming on with us. We definitely want to thank Karrion Cross and Scarlett for coming on and uh, wish them the best this weekend at NXT TakeOver. This has been Comic Book Nation. We are on your podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that. You can follow us. You see our uh, Twitter handles here. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. I
4: am at Janelle Wheeler on Twitch and all the socials.
2: And at Connor Casey underscore CB. I don't know how to point to it. The other way. There it is. That's
1: all right. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. This is Comic Book Nation, and we are out. Bye Bye-bye.